This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. The TalkSport Fan Network is probably supported by Mick Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mick Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mick Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. A dramatic pause says something without saying anything at all. Feet deserve a go-to like that. Like Hey Do Choose. Light comfy, good to go to. And welcome again to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Goldman. Joining me right now is my good friend, Giannis Janais. This is our preview episode of Fulham's match on Saturday against Stoke City at Craven Cottage. Also, we do have some breaking news today. Mitro has re-signed up with Fulham for five seasons. We're going to be talking about that. This is huge news. No one cares about Cristiano Ronaldo re-signing or going to Manchester United. They care about Mitro re-signing with Fulham. That's the big news. Not Ronaldo. It's Mitro. We'll talk about that. So we got, we got a lot to talk about in this show, but before we do that, I do want to mention this. I was actually sent this information. I was not aware of this. This is from a friend of mine. He w- thought that I should really mention this on the show, and I am certainly going to mention this on the show. And here was the uh, message I, I received, and it's sad. Russ, today we lost Miriam Busani, mother, age 98, a lifelong fan and was known to many foam supporters. Can you give her a mention? There are not that many 98-year-old Fulham supporters. And Miriam, uh, my thoughts and prayers are with your entire family, and I'm sorry for your loss of your mother. It's, it's sad news, Giannis. And, uh, you know, it It also, you know, we're such a close-knit community, Fulham supporters everywhere. And uh, I'm happy to do this. I'm happy to mention something like this on you know, again, very, uh, very sad note, but uh, but I want to mention that for uh, Miriam and her family. Your thoughts? Yeah, I'm very sorry to hear that. Um, and it's uh, you know, it just go 98, eh? 98. Wow, that's, that's, that's one heck of an innings. And if you think about it, so um, she would have lived through many, many trials and tribulations of this club and to support. And that's really what support, true supporters do. They yeah. don't. I mean, you get a lot of you get a lot of modern fans that tend to, you know, the, we call it, you know, the, the plastic fans, and yep. you know, from halfway around the world. <laughs> da, 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 da. 
And for the many of us that have supported the club, and we've been through some really, really dark times. So thoughts and prayers with the family. And uh, yes. let's hope that the boys go out and get three points for tomorrow. It'll be a fitting send-off. Absolutely. Let's hope that Fulham get three points for Miriam's mother. And we, as a community, we're all thinking of, of you, Miriam, and your entire family. Okay. All right, Giannis, let's jump ahead and let's talk about the breaking news today. And then, like I mentioned, it's not Cristiano Ronaldo. That's its own news. I, I don't care about that. What I really care about is the news about Mitro. Mitro signs a new five-year deal. I didn't see this coming, Giannis. I didn't see this coming at all. And what's interesting about this, if we go back a couple months, listen, people have messaged me and saying that they believe Mitro was going to leave. That, you know, again, I was kind of on that wavelength. If you read all the reports, it looked like he was going to leave. And two months later, he's signing a new five-year deal. He had some great things to say on all of the Fulham FC platforms. You can watch the video on that. He feels like Fulham is his home. It is his home. And it is amazing that he has signed a new five-year deal. We've come completely full circle with Mitro. It's incredible to see the change. In only a couple months' time, we're thinking he's going to leave. And now he extends his time with Fulham. Your thoughts? Well, it's it's incredible because, uh, you know, I, and I've said it before, I was a big Scotty fan. And, uh, you know, the way that it ended uh, with him leaving the club and going down to the Cherries, I don't think we'll ever know the full story. But what I do know is that something seismic has happened since um, Marco Silva's come in. I mean, it's not just the Mitra thing. If, you, if you'd said to me that Seri would be starting games, <laughs> I'd have had a good laugh. If you'd said to me that, you know, uh, Payaziti would have come into, you know, the Carabao Cup, Therese Francois, Fabio Cavallo is playing brilliant, Jay Stansfield getting his first goal, um, players looking genuinely happy. There's a couple of things, you know, we'd say, you know, why isn't Joe, Joe Bryan has only had one star, that was in the Carabao Cup. Um, Tim Ream is playing out of the skin. He's going to be back tomorrow, which is great news. Uh, Mitro looked happy. And all of a sudden, there's this massive vibe around the club where everybody looks really, really content. And I think this um, new contract is probably, uh, it's a microcosm of it. If you think about the players that have the, the left us, and I'm going to use Maxime Lemachon, who's obviously gone off to Strasbourg yep. last night. The reason he will have left is because of, you know, lack of playing time. Steph, Joe, um, I think for him was the fact that QPR basically took him out of the bins and saved his career by giving him the chance last year when Scotty didn't even own him in the 25. And, but apart from that, players aren't leaving. And I'm not hearing any rumblings with the, the, the transfer de deadline window coming up. So people, players are happy to stay. Mitra is obviously really happy to stay. Benjamin, Bloom, I know if Benjamin Bloom is watching this, but he said something a few weeks ago on his, his brilliant show. If you guys have ever seen, you know, it's fantastic to watch brilliant podcasts. And he said that he referred to Mitra as the cheat code, uh, the cheat code in the championship. You know, you're going to get 20 odd goals from him. And it's almost, you know, it's almost against the law that he, he scores these goals the way he does, but he does. And um, it's great news for us. And it's a great Philip as we got Stoke tomorrow. And then with the international boat come, coming up and hopefully um, a couple of injured players coming back, it sets us up nicely at the end of the transfer window to move forward when we come back. Okay. Excellent there about Mitro. Let me ask you this. And uh, again, uh, my friend Steve Reynolds contacted me 
and said that uh, he thought it would, would have been better to do a three-year deal, that maybe this wasn't good business. This is my good friend, Steve, in Spain. What are your thoughts about it? I actually think it is good business. I think it protects the club. You can also spread out the money a little bit. It could also help you with FFP, Giannis, if I'm understanding correctly. So I don't think a five-year deal for Mitro is a bad thing. I actually think it's a positive thing. Your, your thoughts? Yeah, I agree with you, Russ. And, and I think I'm, I'm also thinking of um, just the long term. I mean, we don't know what's going to happen a year from now anyway. But, but if we get a chance to go back up, um, you know, remember, it makes our players more marketable. I'm not saying um, we'd look to sell Mitro. But my feeling was always that if, if Mitro is going to leave, he's not going to go to an English club. He's going to go to a European club. And with the way that the, the pandemic evolved in FFP and what have you, I think it makes it more marketable for the club if a club comes in with a bid and knows that he's got a four or five year contract. I think it's good. It's yep. good business all round. And and as I, yeah, um, as, as Steena brilliantly just put out in the, the comments, a happy Mitro is a scoring Mitro. Yep. He loves to be part of the game. He loves to be the focus of attention. He need, you know, the system that Silva has set up is playing with him as a focal point. He's done, I've been amazed at his athleticism. I think he's lost some weight. I think I said that earlier yeah. before the Middlesbrough game. And so overall, if things do go fully up, we've got a marketable player that we could sell on and we have a contract that will be attractive to buying clubs. And uh, we don't want to get burnt like him. We've had, a, unfortunately, where clubs have nipped in and, well, we've got, I mean, Ryan Sessignon, you know, out of contract. What do you do? Lest we forget. And look at the poor lad now. He's still getting picked for England under 23, but he's rotting. Rotting. Don't I mean, get me started shame. on Ryan Sessignon because, yeah, again, it's a cautionary tale. It really is, you know, because I still believe, Giannis, and I think you're going to agree with me on this. Ryan Sessignon, I still believe, has a bright future. But I think the fact that he made this move has really – stunted his growth, you know, again, with going to Tottenham, going out on loan, I don't think it's been a good situation for him. Listen, I understand why he went, but I think the grass is not always greener. And we're going to talk about this soon. As you've already mentioned, with Marco Silva, some players that we were not expecting, and I'm going to share this now because I, I think it's a good segue. I'm going to read this comment from Reese Williams. I feel sorry we'll have a great season. You just don't lose the talent he had, and I'm sure this year – he will have a significant impact on our team's fortunes. So just think about this, Giannis. When we're looking at some players that get the opportunity, that, you know, and again, this isn't the slamming of Parker. I don't think that you can discount the value that Silva's brought and that we're now seeing him get so much out of players that we, I wouldn't say forgot about, but that have been left behind. Seri's one of them. Yeah, and I, I know, I, you know, we've had four league games in the, the, the Carabao, Boo, Moo, Zoo um, Cup to digest. And I think now what I think had happened, um, and, 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 you know, let's not discount, you know, Scotty did a great, a great job here. And unfortunately last year, you know, the last bit went to, you know, belly up. But I think what you've got is two coaches with slightly different approaches. I think that Scotty Parker built a team, tried to mould a team around his philosophy. And, and his style of play, and that's the way it was going to be. Whereas I yep. think what Silver's doing is he's building the philosophy around the players and the system around the players he has. And that's very different. The, the, yep. the former can be very, very rigid. And that's why, for example, as an example, 
even Cavaliero had so many starts last year and we'd be smacking our head going, why is he starting up front? Because, you know, he's, he's not going to score, especially in the Premier League. Whereas um, this year you're seeing um, not just the use of youngsters, um, but you can tell that he's, he's utilising the skill like a, like a Cavaliero, for example. Yeah. And he's just saying, OK, well, I'm going to build the system around the qualities that they have. And that's a t- and they're two very distinctive. And he's playing to their strengths rubbish. too, Giannis. And I yes. think that's a that's a you know again yeah. nothing against Parker. This isn't a slamming of Parker. This is more talking about as you said, playing to the players' strengths. And that's what Silva's doing. And we don't have many square pegs and round holes, Giannis. We, no, we, we have don't. players no. put into in positions to succeed. That is what I think Silva's doing to these players. Sorry, you just talked about Cavalero. You have these young kids that are just thriving in the system. We also have to mention Francois as well. And they're they're all having roles. And like I said, the Seri situation is amazing. You know, and Emilio brought this up in a prior show, and I think you're going to agree with me. Good players don't become bad players overnight. But for some reason, it didn't work. And maybe, just maybe, Marco Silva found a way to get the most out of out of uh, John Michael Seri. I mean, he's thriving right now, Giannis. Yeah, and it seems it seems it seems like the players trust Silva more. It just seems like a hap- they seem like a happier group right now. And um, the beauty of the appointment of Silva is that Silva's you know tenure at Everton didn't end well, and he's got a point to prove. He's not he's not here to monkey around. Um, and he's a good coach and he's had a good record wherever he's gone, but he's, he's come here and he said, look, I want to prove a point that, 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 you know, that it's the same way as a manager, a bad, you don't become a bad manager overnight. No. Um, like, I mean, classic, classic, best example right now has got to be David Moyes. Moyes did brilliantly at Everton for over a decade. He went to United and it went absolute belly up, but did he ever have a chance replacing his father? I don't think so. No. He he wasn't set up to succeed. No, and then he went to Sunderland, and he go to to Sociedad, then he went to West Ham, and it started rocky. But now, what you're beginning to see is the fruits of labour. On the player side, look at someone like Jesse Lingard. Jesse Lingard was left to rot in United, um, and that's part of my own little reservations about Oligona anyway. But and then he goes to West Ham, and he becomes an absolute world beater. Now, he's in the squad for the next three games, which which is great. So. It's good to see that that bounce back from from players, and sometimes it's just actually as simple as the coach and the coach's voice. Right. Um, what he and Luis Bonmort in Bonmort is playing a big part. Oh, absolutely! Done, I totally agree with that. They're creating that culture. Um, exactly. Play and enjoy. And right. um, I'm okay with that. Right. And I'm going to share this because I think this goes along. And again, we're not trying to slam Parker, but this is also uh, a fact, not opinion. Parker played constantly with a handbrake on. Silva has given these players freedom to play to their potential. 95% of our players stagnated or regressed under Parker. Again, we can go back to last season. We we, we could definitely discuss it. I, I, I asked the question, how many players got better or regressed under Parker? And I would tend to agree with that statement. It's different with Silva so far. Listen, it's still early days, Giannis. But playing with a handbrake on, that was fact. That was fact under Parker. And it's sort of funny. I was thinking about this last night. Um, talking, looking, you know, I, I, I look at a lot of 
you know, the, the fan websites and what have you. The same thing is being said at West Brom. Valerian Ishmael did a great job at Barnsley. That's they were right. really devastated that they lost him. And then he's come to West Brom and he's, he has, he's taken the handbrake off. They are, they have become a lot of the players from last year are still there. They, they, you know, they were, they've lost, they've obviously, they lost the, the, the best player, Pereira, and yet they look like a, a completely different side. That's right. And if you want, Ishmael's actually a fun coach to watch because he's very, very animated. <laughs> but the, the, it looks like if you compare it to, I mean, their last match was Sam Allardyce for crying out loud, but, then, yep. but just the speed at which they're playing. Uh, even in the first game of the season, it was televised down at um, the Vitality against Bournemouth. To me, they were a much better side than Bournemouth. They played with a lot more urgency, yep. a lot quicker moving. I watched that. Thirds. Yeah, they, they played very well. And I think the same sort of effect has happened with West Brom as has happened to us. You've had a new coach that's come in. Yep, new philosophy. Taken, new philosophy. And he's more around the players that he's got. And he said, right, go out and play. And, you know, he's brought in, he's bringing, brought in young players. And, and it, I don't think it's a surprise right now that us and West Brom are, are one and two. I think no. that... Um, the, the new co- coaches have obviously done a, a very good job. What job? What is it a little bit odd though, at Parker? Is that um, usually young coaches come in and they're pretty, you know, bluster and adventurous, what have you. But Scott, at times now looking back, almost coached like an older soul. Yep. You know, very conservative, which I could understand considering a lot of the players he was given last year. But it was almost like he was risk averse. And I'm hoping that with uh, it was conservative. It was very conservative, and I think you know. And again, we're talking about the handbrake was on Giannis. He would be happy winning two to one, one nil, and that's fine. But it's just a different type of flow. And I'm going to share this again from Benjamin Bird. Again, this is not a, a shot at Parker. This has more to do with Silva's. And this is true about phone supports. I know you're going to be, going to agree with me on this. Wherever, whatever league we are in, the phone faithful require free flowing football. Listen, I heard this with Scott Parker, Parker Ball, that we just want to see attractive football. And I can't tell you how many people said that to me. So this kind of goes along with that. Thank you, Benjamin, for sharing that. Yeah, couldn't agree more because it's not like we played long ball under Parker. We didn't, and I'd, I'd be lying if I said otherwise. But most of what we did try and do was in zone one, two. It would go, if I was going to go, say it would go, if I was to number it, it would be pass one, 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 two, one, two, one, one, one. If it, so it was going back and forth and back yep. and forth. And, um, you know, I, what I've seen of Bournemouth this year, I mean, they got absolutely clobbered at Norwich. That was, <laughs> I saw a couple of funny tweets from that one. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. They were, <laughs> but, oh, I, I saw plenty of tweets yeah, on that. They, they, he got he got a mashing there. But he did. what I've seen from Bournemouth is that they're playing. Uh, you know, Dominic Solanke is their main guy up front, and it looks like they're they're, they're centering things um, around him, which means he Parker may well have learned his lesson, and if he has, if he has, then then good for him. Maybe he felt that that. Um, I mean, I don't know why he got a Bournemouth. Maybe he just think thought he needed a change of environment and maybe the calm thing. I, it's like I think I've said to you before. It's like the um, the Clint Dempsey situation. Yep. I don't think we'll ever know what happened. I don't think we'll ever know the true story of what went imploding, exploding, whatever. Oh, it's it was terrible. But we do. Yes, we do know it was. Um, 
terrible. Steve, uh, Steve Reynolds. <laughs> I'm going to share that with you right yeah. now, okay? Because Steve's my good friend, and uh, Steve's my friend in Spain. One for Giannis, as a coach, did you stick to your game game plan, even though you could see it was not working? No, um, no, and really on two bases. Number one is is, is visual evidence. If, if I mean, you could be winning a game, but it does it looks. Um, the vibe isn't good. You don't like the you don't like the movement of the players. You don't like the fluidity of passing. You just look like we're out of sorts. Then yes, you change something. Number one, so number two, is often just a it's just a hunch. You just you you see um, you you notice gaps in the field and and there's something not quite right. You know maybe not have the visual evidence. Yep. And your team might be playing well, but you go, mm, I'm not so sure. I'm feeling this right now. It's like a, a teacher having a lesson plan. Right. Teachers will often have a lesson plan. They'll walk in with the best of intentions, and this is the lesson plan. And now about 20 minutes in, they go, and I've done this. I've done I ain't feeling this, guys. Let's change course. And when students see that, they say, well, oh, yeah, okay, fine. He admits that something's not quite right. We're right. going to do something different. And coaches have to, you know, coaches often often will do that. And it's really the it's the in-game management, I think, that, that, that it becomes key. Totally um, agree. Because you have to, and that's where you need your coaching boys and girls behind you. Because you need to be able to, they need to be able to see things that you don't as well. It's the critical eyes, like, "Oi, hey, coach, did you notice our left back thing in the coverage there?" And I'm not so sure. Take a look at this, because otherwise the coach would tell me, "Well, if you saw it, if it happened after the fact, and they say, well, you know, I was going to say something. Why did you say it to me? I could have made adjustments. You're my eyes as well as my own. Exactly. So, for sure." Let's see. I'm going to share this from David Zodiac. Silver plays to win every game. Bournemouth are doing the same this season. They take a lead, then sit back. And that's what happened to them against Blackpool. And, uh, again, there's a ton of criticism towards Parker about that match against Blackpool. And, uh, you know, again, I I saw Bournemouth supporters reaching out to Fulham supporters and saying, this must be what you guys were talking about. My only point on with Parker is that Parker is happy seeing a match out by a single goal. He has no problem sitting back and just seeing it, it out, putting on more defensive players and just getting very defensive. Silva does the exact opposite, Giannis. He actually puts more offensive players on. He's looking for that third goal. He's looking for that second goal. So there is a philosophical difference here. And like you said, you know, I've watched Bournemouth. I, I think they've looked good at times. But I think Parker is who Parker is. He's going to sit back and protect the lead, whereas I, on very little evidence, I think Silva is actually looking to make the lead bigger. He's actually going to get more offensive. At least that's what I've seen so far. Your thoughts? Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. And, if you, and the case, case in point would be what happened up at Huddersfield. We lost Wilson, and instead of dropping – I mean, if that had been Scott... By the way, Giannis, to give you yeah, sorry, a thanks, good Steve. answer. <laughs> if, um, if, um, if that had been Scott, he, he might have on Dennis Adoy on a Michael Hector or whatever. And That's he right. He went for the kill. That's right. And and I was imp- I was impressed with that. And I'm going back to that Blackpool game down at the Vitality. Yes. That was a terrible result for Bournemouth. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to... Terrible. Go, terrible. You're two goals up at home against Black- Blackpool, you know, you know, recently promoted... They're an okay, what I've seen from them, they're an okay side, but there's no way you should be dropping points to them. So that means you've now conceded eight consecutive goals in all competitions. 
two against Blackpool and six against the Canaries. Yeah. So, you know, and you don't want to be conceding goals to, to a team run by Delia <laughs> Smith, let's be honest. No. Look, no, 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 no. <laughs> no, no, I'll leave it at that. I wouldn't touch any of the recipes. But you've got, so that's, so that was a, a very, it was a very tough result. I know they got players like Cook, who's injured, uh, Junior Stanislas is yep. injured. These are experienced players for the Cherries. But that, nonetheless, you're two goals up at home. That's a, that's, that's a horrible result. And the mindset now with with silver is well, if we go three goals up, um, we're just going to destroy you. We do, that's we right. We don't. We don't. You know. You know. And that's why tomorrow is going to be interesting, even for Bournemouth. They're going up to Hull, and Hull um, won their first game of the season four one up at Deepdale. But um, I thought they gave a good account of themselves against us at the cottage. On I totally agree with that, Giannis. So I don't think that's going to be an easy game. No. And um, it will the, the international break. It's I don't particularly like them. I know we've got to have them for World Cup qualifiers and Euros and what have you. But this is going to be an interesting one in terms of who's got the leg up, so to speak. Uh, That's it is right. Still very, it's early, but um, if we get a win tomorrow, and if Bournemouth oh. don't, if Bournemouth don't. The rumbles might start, and and I know the Bournemouth fans are already. Do you think that's a little early, though? Uh, Bournemouth, uh, there are some Bournemouth fans who were not taken by Scotty's appointment. There are Bournemouth fans I know that were upset that Jonathan Woodgate wasn't given the job. Yeah, they felt he'd done a good job down on the south coast, and that it was unfortunate. And I think Woodgate is going to be a very good coach, and he'll get a job somewhere else. I, I don't think there's any doubt. But the park has suddenly been shipped in the great Messiah. And what Silver's done is he's very quietly gone about his job. The pressure is on Parker. Yep. I'm glad he's starting to bring kids in, but I think he's. I think that's because he has a young squad. I don't think it's because he plucked from the 18. No, he does have a very young team. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I wish him well. I mean, I hope they finish seventh. <laughs> but you know what's interesting about this, Giannis? Scott Parker goes to Bournemouth. He's building a young squad, but he didn't really do that at full. Okay. We have this no. incredible academy, and now he's going the youth movement at Bournemouth, but he didn't do that here. So that just, again, it's just a very interesting situation. We'll we'll be doing that comparison all season long with Bournemouth. We'll do it with Sheffield United. There's no question we're going to be doing it. Ooh, you know, and, yeah. and, you know, Savisa is struggling, but you know what? I'm not going to bet against Savisa at this point because uh, I know Savisa's team's can start slow. We've already seen it. I wouldn't give up on Slavisi. I'm a, as anyone knows, I'm a huge Slavisa fan. I wanted Slavisa to stay at home. I wouldn't throw in the towel yet with Slavisa, but uh, I do like what we're seeing at home, and that's going to lead me, Giannis, to just get a, just an overall analysis from you for home season so far. It's funny because I'm just so used to home starting slow. We've done the exact opposite. We should have beaten. Middlesbrough to start. Can you imagine? We should have beaten Middlesbrough. And here we are. And I said on this show, one of the reasons why I was excited about Silva was if you look at Silva's history, his teams tend to start fast. Well, here we go. We are starting fast. Regardless of what happens against Stoke City, Fulham have started fairly fast for them. We're used to them starting very slow. This is a good sign, Giannis. So I want to get your thoughts on Fulham season so far. Are you surprised by the fast start? Yeah, I am. Um, 
and again, I'm going to pivot to West Brom as well. I think West Brom supporters feel the same way. Um, they were dreading the fact, I mean, they'd had a miserable, they had a miserable season last year, getting relegated with us. And they looked at the squad and they looked, you know, oh, Lord, we've got Dara O'Shea. Oh, no. I mean, it's, we've got Jake Livermore. Oh, no. I mean, look, look, <laughs> at, look at this squad. It's not, you know. but um, what he's, what, what um, Valerian Ishmael has done is what Marco Silva's done. He's come in and, and he said, okay, I've got a group of players. You've all got a clean slate. So if uh, so, he so he did. He's, I, I mean, players like Kearney, Kearney's club captain, but you know he's not done the well. It's such a shame. So the focus has to be we've got you know Tom Kearney's out. He's going okay. Well, he's just another body. You know, he's, yeah. uh, today he said you know he's training, but he's nowhere near. Congolo is the same sort of thing. He's going. I've got this group of players. The train start, keeps going. Yeah, train keeps going. Let's. I'm. I'm going to assess everybody on their absolute merits. I mean, obviously. I mean, I'm. I. I think Ryan. I mean, Ryan Christie had a good loan season at Borough last year, and Silver couldn't guarantee him the playing time. He's training with the under 23s. I think he's going to go before Tuesday. I wish him nothing but the best. But if you look at the squad here, yep. Tim Ream, you know, had his ass chained to a bench last year rejuvenated. You've got, obviously, Tosin is, has been battle-worn by the Premier League. That's great. How about Marson? Even Alfie, Alfie Marson. Like, really? I mean, Seri and Gisa actually smiling. You can go down the list of all these players that are performing. Now, again, I understand it's a championship level, Giannis, but Tim Ream, like you said, rejuvenated. And what's interesting about him, I'm sorry to interrupt, and I hope he's okay, and apparently he's going to be available. Yes, he is. For this match, we'll talk about that in just a few minutes when we talk about the Stoke City match. When you look at him, and I thought he was done. I didn't want them to re-sign him. But Marco Silva has played to his strengths, and you can see his passing ability. Tosin, the exact same. They're trying to get the ball forward as quickly as possible. They're yeah. looking to make things happen, playing to the strengths of Tim Ream. And he is rejuvenated, and that is what's exciting Giannis. Yeah, and I think I think that uh, particularly Tosin would have learned from Joachim Anderson last year. Uh, Anderson was brilliant. I think at the goal against Sheffield United um, by Luckman, that brilliant ball from right to left, that 40, 45 yard ball that Luckman took on his chest and went through and scored. So there are two ways. Of, there are two ways of doing it. I mean, they can do the the quick passing through the, the quarters or the thirds, or they could do the long pass, and suddenly you've got the wingers involved. Either way, it's forcing defenders to really have to move. And uh, you can see from the performances, you know, so far, I, I, the one thing that I've noticed is that it looks like we're making quicker decisions and we're moving the ball quicker. Much quicker. Um, I, I've had to laugh at a few fans, uh, and I apologise in advance, of going, oh, Bobby Dekadubarita, three assists against Huddersfield. Were you watching him last year? This guy ran every blade of grass. He did everything that was ever required. And he was, I thought he was sensational last year. And now you put him in a, you know, and I'm, I'm not, I'm not dissing the championship because the, the yep. championship is is tough. We get it, 46 games, but but Dekadova Reed has real quality, and you're looking at a team right now that is playing with confidence. And if, if you look at the foot of the table right now, I wouldn't have had any money on Forest being bottom. And you know they lost to Stoke last week. Yeah, but they were never in the game, and they look like a, a really sorry team. They play Luton. Up at Kenilworth with Robert Demar, and um, that could be Chris Hewton's last game. And it just goes to show it. 
you know, sometimes it's a change of face and a change of voice. Chris Hewton's a good coach, but you don't become a bad coach overnight. No, we've talked uh, about that. So, you know, they're going to need a change. Our change has been positive. I've been really pleased with the season so far. I was delighted okay. on Tuesday against Birmingham. Uh, Stansfield scored an absolute bloody worldie. That was brilliant. <laughs> Superb to watch. And uh, he, with Munoz coming in, yep. uh, we've got strikers now that can um, that can help in certain games where he may, he wants to mix and match depending on the, on the back the defensive line that he comes up against. I have one comment, and I'm very happy that Jay Stansfield was able to shine. And then, uh, of course, you got Robinson scoring a goal, which is great. My conversation is going not towards the actual match, but the fact that it wasn't televised. I'm, oh, I'm sorry. Mess. This is just, you know, and again, you want to talk about an opportunity to make extra money for everyone? How about broadcasting the matches? Honestly, I, I don't get why this was not broadcasted live. We all, I would have paid for it. I don't care. I would have paid a little extra money to see this match. So I don't know. This to me was a missed opportunity for the uh, people that are running, as you say, like the Moose Cup, whatever you want to call it, yeah, the, the uh, Carabao Cup. Moosey Goosey, yeah. You know, so, but again, that was uh, just a mistake on their part, I thought, because uh, we kept looking for what it was going to be broadcasted, and it was not. Okay, yeah, that's a couple more things before we get into Stoke. Let's talk about Maxine Lamashan leaves. So what are your thoughts about his time at full? Actually, uh, if you get a chance, go onto the Strasbourg the Strasbourg Twitter page okay. and check out the two and a half minute video they did to introduce him. It's very funny. I will. I'll check it it's out. It's actually very funny. It's actually <laughs> very well. And he, and he plays his part in it. Okay. Look, um, it, Maxime was a centre-back that often played, as, often played as a left-back. Yeah. Uh, he wasn't Premier League quality, um, but he was championship quality. He obviously was a good team member. Players described him as the nicest person ever. Yeah. He had a good loan spell out at Royal Antwerp in Belgium last year. Um, he was going to get a chance to go out. I'm glad it's a contract. It's a two-year deal till 2023. He goes back to France. He goes to Ligue 1. Um, and I wish him well. I mean, the, the problem is um, at left back, you've got, you know, Robinson and, and, and Brian. Yep. And at right back, I mean, obviously, Tete, unfortunately, is out, but he's still not going to get in. And now we've got, you know, with Tosin and Reem and Mawson and Hector, and Adoy could be number five. Then, then where does he get in? So he probably wanted to go home, and um, he's thirty-one I, now. So I thought he might end up at Bournemouth with Scott Parker, so he could bring him on late. <laughs> Sorry, I, I had to, I had to go there. Sorry. Actually, there. you raise a good point because I don't. I, I think the calm... <laughs> he was like the closer. He was the yeah. the closer. He was like, oh, it's time to bring on Maxine Le Marchand to try to hold off the opponent. I'm like, oh, here we go. T but, tell you what, Russ, I, if Bournemouth came in um, with a £30 million bid for Mika, <laughs> okay. Khan, Khan wouldn't take it. Oh, no oh there's no way. There's no way, there's no there's way. No way that, that they're making any deals between the teams no, anymore. No, that's no. that's off for a while. And and you know what? I wouldn't blame the Khans for not making a deal with Bournemouth right now. I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't no. my friend. All right. Here's a subject I know a lot of fans want to talk about. And Marco Silva alluded to this a little bit in his presser. You actually you actually sent me that YouTube uh, presser, and I watched it, Giannis, and a couple things stood out. It sounds like they're probably going to have to 
look for a right back because of the situation with Kenny Tete, which is uh, unfortunate. And But you know what? That's the right thing to do. So they're probably now in the market for a right back. I, I've seen people say, try to get Ola Aina back. Okay, I, I don't know if that's even possible. But I do think that they're now going to look at a right back. But beyond that, and I actually saw this today, and I, I don't know. It's it's rumor season, my friend. I saw a rumor that Full might be trying to get William Carvalho on loan, which, again, that would be a little bit audacious. But what are your thoughts about the end of the transfer window, comings and goings? What are you expecting uh, by the time the window closes? Well, Marco talked about uh, Kenny Tete. So, uh, of course, he didn't go into that many details, but it's obviously more serious than we thought. Ola yes. Aina will not will not be coming to Fulham. Sorry, guys, it will not become. He's in Torino. He's playing in um, Serie A. Yeah, not going to happen. So I think he's going to be looking for. He could be looking for a right back. The problem, um, the the quick assessment he needs to make is, um, he's talking about bringing in a right back. The easiest one would could be to get somebody on loan from the Premier League. Not that I like it. Or you look at what we've got and say, okay, well, Stephen Sessegnon is playing for the under-23s tonight. So but yes, potential, but we don't know. Ryan Christie is already halfway out the door unless you do a U-turn. You have, uh, you've got Dennis Adore, you've got Bobby Dekadova reed who's played at right back and last week did, actually did decent. Or you could use Michael Hector. You could use Michael Hector as a, as, Oh, as I don't a right know back. about that, yes. Well, I mean, he's no, he has played a little bit of fullback. I mean, it's it, it, it's an option. It's only 72 hours. I mean, it takes you four minutes to sign Ronaldo to United. Could we get someone <laughs> in? But then, I mean, it, it's, yeah. it, it's a case of can you get a, a deal in? I think we'll try and get a loan in for someone that's sitting on the bench in the Premier League. That's what, that's what I think. Okay. Um, in terms of elsewhere... What about a defensive midfielder? Well... I'm not so sure. I'm not sure. I'm not so sure we need to because we've heard nothing about Seri. We've heard nothing about Angie. So there's no news about Harrison Reed, and I've heard nothing about Onama, which means unbelievably that core is going to stay together. Do you bring somebody in to unless they what, sell Angisa? That to me, if Anguisa. they sell Angisa, then I think that you do. And I don't think the Khans will do it for less than 21, 22. So that might be Maybe. why there hasn't been more movement on him. That's it's what, the price what tag. I think it's okay. the price tag. And they want to recoup. Um, the Carvalho thing is very interesting. And remember, the last 72, 96 hours, globally, I wouldn't normally talk about this, but you've got the potential. Because obviously we've had the, the Ronaldo move. Yes. You have the potential of Mbappe moving to Real Madrid. You potentially... You potentially have the move, the Haaland move as well. That might happen. That may well happen now because now all of a sudden the, the, the chips are falling. Um, I, uh, Chris Davidson put them, but Angesa will leave. But I've yeah. no, there's been. I think it's. I, I think it's weird that we've heard nothing. The only thing I heard is still interest from Roma. That's the last I heard. They're gonna. Well, Mourinho is gonna have to pay for it then. Because uh, we're not going to we're not going to give him out on loan, and we certainly won't give him out unless we get a replacement. Mind, I mean, I saw Will Hughes is uh, probably going to go to Palace. Yep. Um, so we've got the, the the Swansea boy Grimes um, as a potential. That might be going. That's yeah, that's a possibility. That's um, a possibility. But don't be surprised if you see the only thing you movement you see is um, um, bringing in a fullback. 
um, from Premier League team. Now, you probably had a good laugh the last 24 hours because one of the rumours going on was that, was that Phil Jones... I saw that. Phil Jones was... Um, and he could play it right back. He could, for sure. Um, but, the, the, you know, he's been injured for, for, for a long, long time. And he's that didn't make sense unlucky. in so many ways. That didn't make sense. So. But, I mean, you know, players players have pride. Players want to play. Yep. And uh, Chris, I did mention this, by, by the Kavaya. way, because because there is speculation. There's a little speculation on that, but we'll mm. see. I'm wondering, because the Phil Jones one, I don't think is as... Um, I don't think it's as daft as it, as it initially sounds because could he feel a need? Feel a need? He'd bring experience to the team. Um, well, David Sodiak thinks so. It could, yeah. It's it, it's um, you can't have too much experience, and and it sounds like he's got a, you know a decent attitude, um, and he's still fairly young. Yeah, I'm going to predict. I predict we're going to only have one move, and that's somebody's going to come in as a. Um, Someone's going to come in as a fullback, but I think that Angus is going to stay, and I think Sarri's going to stay. If we keep that squad together, oh, if you keep that intact, I think you're that's a, you're you're good to go, my friend. You, you do need to add a right back because of the situation, but if you keep those two players there, I think you're in very good shape. I have to share this comment because you're going to laugh because I, I talked about Will Marshawn being the closer. I have to share this. Oh. You know, and what annoys me about the Gary Cahill thing, I mean, he, he did okay at Palace. He had great things to say about Palace, and I think a lot of that was to do with Hodgson. What pissed me off about that was that Cahill had the chance to come to us a couple of years, and he snuffed, he did. He snuffed his nose. So go, he did. get lost, go down go down to the Bournemouth. You're 35. I mean, it's like, what's his name? Jaggy Elka. Jaggy Elka's just turned 39. Yeah. yeah, he's still going. You know, I mean, you might as well bring Carl McFadzian in. I mean... <laughs> Or better still, Floyd Aite. I mean, oh, it had to be what had, you you you, you cannot do go an episode without mentioning oh, Floyd. No. Floydy poos, Floydy okay. poos. Yes. Okay. Listen, I, we, the weirdest stuff. I was reading this week that um, completely unrelated. Atletico Mineiro in Brazil. The two starting strikers now are Hulk. We remember Hulk. Oh, I remember. Yeah. And Diego Costa. Oh wow. Um, can you imagine having to mark one of those two? Oh. <laughs> no, 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 I can't, no, I, I can't no. see that, my friend. Good. Knockout. Somebody take it. Graham said yep. knockout may go. And that's an interesting one because um, he had a decent game against Birmingham. But again, yeah. he keep him, could he keep him around? Thank you for that, Maybe Graham. he's happy. Maybe, he's, maybe these players don't want to leave. They're happy with their lot. They, they, they like what's going on and they're prepared to fight for a place in the team. That's not a bad thing. That's not a bad thing at all. But again, we'll be keeping track of the transfer window as it closes and uh we'll be doing a show we'll be doing a couple of shows next week i'll mention that at the very end of the show because we have a special show plan which Giannis will be a part of but coming up next i'm gonna lean on Giannis for our preview of stoke city okay Giannis, let's now talk about your thoughts on stoke city they've had a very good beginning of the season just like fulham and uh, it, it they've struggled for the last couple of seasons, but now they are starting to get it together. Is this the real deal from Stoke City? Or is this just a, a good start from a team that might be mid-table? I, I've uh, heard and I've read a bunch of stuff on Stoke that maybe maybe their time has finally come. What are your thoughts on Stoke City? 
I still think it's a bit early to tell. I mean, Michael O'Neill's done a very good job there, and he had a, a real tough time to start because when Stoke City got relegated from the Premier Premier League, they had a lot of high high part um, priced and, and salaried players, and a lot of them were not on parachute contract. So I'm thinking like Ryan, someone like Ryan Shawcross, Joe Allen. Joe Allen's still there, and they were. Really, I mean, you could say they were um, they were a bloated squad, and I think last year, if I'm not mistaken, they were the they were they had the most um uh, they had the largest um salary uh their largest salaried squad in the thing so they were old and looked slow so he's made some changes yep and um what he's done he's blended old with new and feedback you get from stoke fans is that uh this is a team that, that has, has sort of turned the corner um i was a little taken aback about the, the game you know, I looked at their first three results and went, okay, you know, it's, you know, Potley's fans are happy, you know, they're three in the league cup, they're happy. But they struck, they scored this fantastic team goal against Forest last week. That's right. Um, but um, they they still only beat Nottingham Forest one nothing, a team that's just desperately short of confidence. And they've got a couple of players that, you know, that, that, that you know, the old war horse, uh, Stephen Fletcher up front, who's going to... Yep. You can still cause us problems. They, they, uh, Joe Allen is uh, Allen and Klukas in the middle. Of, Their uh, midfield uh, is very good. Very good. It's very good. And they brought in a lad called Ostergaard, who apparently is an absolute meathead, meathead who um, <laughs> um, works very, very hard. And even you look at their bench, they've got players like Surridge and Sawyer. They just signed Remain Sawyers. Danny Bath is still part of that setup. Um, they're going to bring a good um, traveling support tomorrow, which is going to be good. Should, the, 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 um, the cottage should be rocking. Um, they have made a good start, but I, I don't. I, I Marco Silva will be very disappointed if we don't get three points tomorrow. And I mean, no disrespect right. to Stoke. Stoke have had a good start, but we're playing really, really good football, and we're playing within ourselves. And um, I think the fact that we've got Harry Wilson back in, you know, from the suspension, that Tim Ream's going to be back, Fabio Caballero is going to be back. Um, Possibly you know, Harrison Reed might even. Harrison Reed is available. I think he's going to be a role. on the bench. Yeah, he'll probably yeah. play on the be on the bench, but um, they'll give us problems. But I'm um, I'm expecting us to get three points. I, I'm not sold on them being in the top six this year. I might okay. be wrong. Um, I just think that it's such a long season. Michael O'Neill's an interesting one. He's one of those rare little cats who um, coaches international level and actually does well. A club alum. We remember, no lack of irony here, Laurie Sanchez, when we got him, had come from Northern Ireland. Yep. No lack of irony. And um, apart from a couple of signings, he was, you know, it didn't work well for him here. But Michael O'Neill has had to put up a lot of stick from the fans, and he's, the ownership have done a good job sticking with him. And um, I know they're really buoyed by the fact, you know, they're, they're, well, they're third and goal difference, only on goal difference. They'll be up for this. But the thing they're going to have to get used to is that we are a very quick-moving team. That's and right. And we will cause them problems. I'm not going to underestimate what they do, um, as I said, because they've got savvy veterans. But uh, but it's a game we really should go out and win. I totally agree, Giannis. The more I look at this, because I, I've heard and seen the praise on Stoke City, I understand it. I totally understand it. But I don't want fans to underestimate how well Fulham are playing right now. Because Fulham should feel that they can beat anyone, including Stoke City, including we're talking about West Brom. They should feel that there isn't an opponent that they can't beat, especially at the cottage. So let's start really getting into our preview because we talked a little bit about 
players for Stoke City tomorrow, you know, and again, we'll, I'll get your starting 11 in just a bit, but key players for you for Fulham tomorrow. Sari and Carvalho. Um, I can't believe I'm saying that. I must be on some substance. <laughs> What's in this bottle? Do we know? Um, no, I'm Unbelievable just, that he's just... become such a key player. They, they We're talking about him in that way, but you know what? The proof is in the pudding, Giannis. If you watch the matches and you watch the way he's playing, he deserves the praise. Yeah. And so does Boamorte, so does Silva, because they are getting the most, and the rest of the coaching staff, they're getting everything out of Seri that, for whatever reason, other coaches were not able to. That includes Savisa. That includes Ranieri and Parker. Why could they not maximize this player's abilities? Somehow, Marco Silva has, and I know fans can come back and say, well, they're in the championship. He's still playing a certain way and just playing with such confidence. I'm sorry. I, I This has a lot to do with, with just him finding himself and being put in the right positions to succeed. He is definitely a key player tomorrow, Yannis. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Carvalho, I was looking at the England under 20, 18, under 20, and under 23 squads. I didn't see Carvalho in there. I don't know what the hell's going on. I'll have to make some phone calls. Absolutely ridiculous. He's playing magnificent. Um, Sarri's playing, obviously, very, very well. Um, Mitro is playing with a lot of confidence, and now he's got a nice contract to go with that. You're drinking uh, the Sarri, Sarri sauce? Sarri sauce, yeah. I, I, um, I, I'm doing a lot of nodding because <laughs> I, I'm – because I've been one of his fiercest critics. Uh, to me, he didn't look in shape. But Giannis, you call it the way you see it. When someone yeah. turns it around, you are going to say, you know what? You got to give him his due. You do that. Yeah, he didn't look interested when he came to Fulham. He did, he did Seri for me, apart from a couple of performances, was, was out of sorts. And um, it, it, just, it, just, it just wasn't working. I, 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 haven't, I, I would love to know what, was said or what has been done in terms of accommodating Syria or to, to look after him. But if you've got a happy team, they will go out and run through walls. And I think one of the biggest things for me, I mean, Stansfield and Payazetti and, and Francois may not play roles. Payazetti's playing for the U23s. Right. But um, uh, Stansfield and um, Francois may not play roles. But the, the confidence has been infectious for them as well. Yep, and um, I think if we for this game, I think if we control the centre midfield, I think we're go we're going to be just fine. Um, the only conundrum, one is fan based and one is team based. The fan based one is Gazaniga. I know that the jury's still out on that one. I trust Silva; he he does what he does. And then the right back thing and how that's going to work, because losing Tete is a, a big loss, but. It shouldn't be the reason we lose to a team like Stoke. No, you should be able to overcome that. But the Gazaniga thing, and I'm glad that you brought that up, Giannis, that's still a concern of mine because when I watch him, he just does not command his box. Maybe I'm spoiled from Areola. Maybe I just am. But I'm, I watched a goalkeeper that was in complete control of his box, complete control of his defense in front of him. Gazaniga is not doing that. Now, maybe he will over time. He just does not show that confidence. doesn't make me feel confident. You've talked about this a lot, Giannis, that a goalkeeper can set the tone for, for the defense. If he's not showing confidence, can that affect the players in front of him? 
It's interesting. I, I I thought it was an interesting pickup in the first place, and and uh, I know a lot of roadie fans are very very upset about it. But 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 at the end of the day, you, it, it's been ascertained you're not going to play Fabry, and obviously we let Betts go. So um, obviously Silver sees something, and and maybe you know maybe he's being asked to go be to goalkeep in a different kind of way, and he's not quite there yet. I think as long as he's in there and he's part of a winning team, that's the problem. Do you change a winning team just on the basis of your goalkeeper if you're still winning? It's a yep. t- it's it's a, it's a tough call. Um, but um, I'm prepared to certainly give him give him the chance. I think the right yep. back situations are a little bit. Yeah, Toby said he doesn't look confident. Um, yeah, he, there's something missing at the moment, but that might be. Um, you know, he's now the starting goalkeeper. He's at a different club. Yes, he's still in London. Yep. He's got to get used to the culture. He's got completely different teammates and it does take time to get used to new coaches it's new fair teammates, point. new club new stadium new everything and he um you know if if, if he's good enough for silver he's good enough for me um, okay. until until he pulls a joe hart <laughs> and if you saw joe hart's um mistake last night for celtic you'll know what i'm talking about uh, until nope. he makes an absolute gaff um then keep it as it is and then see what happens Okay, and I'm just sharing this from David Zodiac. His, dist- his distribution stats, there's a goal for you, are better than Rodax. Fits our overload style of play. And then I'm going to share this. Benjamin, I'm going to answer this. Just to, let me just pull this up. Russ, are you? Are we being unfair as he's not one of our own? That's an interesting question. I can only speak for myself and just say that I'll go back to me feeling that I was spoiled with Areola, just expecting someone like that. I'll even go back to Schwarzer. I've been critical of goalkeepers that don't live up to that expectation because those goalkeepers are such a high level that maybe that's where it's coming from. Not that he's not one of our own. I think it has more to do with I've seen some very good goalkeepers and I want him to be like that, if that makes any sense. Yeah. All right. It makes perfect perfect sense. And, and, you know, Silver Canone, he can't go on, you know, reputation. I mean, when, when he came in, Rodak was obviously there, and he brought Gazaniga, and he's given them the chance to compete. Yeah. And he, was, he, he won the job. It was Gazaniga. And if it works out, I, I will definitely, just like you, Giannis, if he comes good, I'll be the first to say, you know what? I was wrong. He is playing well. Credit to him. If if it, I, I, I will not be one that is that digs in my heels and say, you know what? I, I don't like that guy because I came out with an opinion. No, I go by what I see, and if Gazaniga plays well. You're going to hear me say Gazaniga play well. I'm, the, I'm not one that does that. All right, my friend. Let's uh, let's ratchet this up a little bit. Let's just get to this. How does Fulham win this match? I think you've already said this by controlling the central midfield. Yeah, I think so. And just play, and I think we need to just play our game. Uh, I just think we need to play our game. Um, you know that Silver would have scouted them. You know that he'll know what their strengths and weaknesses are. But ultimately, he trusts. Um, he trusts the squad he's got in front of him, and I, yep. and if I'm Mark, I just say go out and play the game. You got, you know, Stoke will bring travelling support down. It'll be a, a very good atmosphere, um, and that's why you know going back pivoting yep. back to what you said about the, the Carabao Boomu Zoo. Yep, we got Leeds in the next round. <laughs> Great because Leeds are going to pack the away. Oh, you just yeah. So you're going to have a fantastic atmosphere. Stoke will be a good atmosphere. Yep. And uh, international break, and we will be ready to, you know, it should be, be good for all. I, I like what Stoke have done. I like what Michael yeah. O'Neill's done. I think it's but a great test. 
I think it is a great I, test. I really, you know, I want to say for both sides, I think this is good for both teams, for Stoke and for Fulham, to play each other right now before the international break, and we'll see what happens. All right, my friend. You, this is going to be your starting 11, not what Marco Silva would do. What would Yashineas do against Stoke City? Okay, so I think, I think I've got this down, Pat. Um, Gazaniga starts in net. Um, I start Bobby Dekadova Reader right back. Uh, I go with Robinson at left back and Riemann Tosin out of bio in the middle. And then the midfield, you've got Seri playing behind Anguisa, playing behind Cavallo. Cavallero will be on the right. Harry Wilson will be on the left. Mitro up front. Okay. All right. Very good. All and right. that was, a t- and that was, I, I was, I had to wrestle that because on the right back side, yep. I'm, I'm loath to put BDR right back because he's, because of what he does. Yeah. Would you put a doy there? I was thought it was a brilliant move to put make a captain against Birmingham. I, I don't know. Um, you know, I I think yeah. Dennis is I think he can do a job, but I, I don't know if in this match I think I might go with the player that has more upside, even though I think that you are stifling him a little bit by playing him at right back. We're talking about Bobby Decadova Reed. I think I go that way because of the way Silva wants to play. He wants attacking fullbacks, and I think even in that role, I think Bobby Decadovery would be an attacking fullback. I yeah, think that's very important to Silva. And that's a, a huge difference to what we saw under going back to the difference between Parker Ball and Silva Ball. Parker if you Ball. see, you know, if you see, watch the fullbacks because they're now going more to the byline. They're getting more crosses in. They are more attacking. They're taking more risk. And, uh, it's a more attractive game, but I see why you're going with Bobby Decadovery. All right, it's not a, it's not an easy one by any means. I, yeah. I, I'm, uh, um, but um, it's uh, I, I just, I'm lo- I'm loath to put him there uh, unless yep. of course unless of course Russ he does he does the Yui and he brings Ryan Chris uh, he brings Cyrus back into the fold. Maybe your right back. There's your right back right yeah. there. Yeah, no, you could you could play Cyrus Christie. We'll we'll see what he ends up doing because Cyrus Christie is an attacking fullback. He absolutely is. Okay, yeah. let's end the show. And if you're watching live, feel free to share your prediction. Giannis, I'll go to you first. Give me your prediction. Well, I'll do a precursor here I'll, in Scotty Parker. Um, uh, <laughs> you know the, the Norwich debacle the other day, and he said, uh, "I thought we was the better team tonight, but just fell short in them key moments and found a goal." Um, <laughs> Even though you just lost six nothing, um, <laughs> that was a, who was a sneaky Fulham fan did that, and I, I was honestly, I was, I thought I was going to die. I was rolling on the floor. It was so funny, and 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 I felt, and actually, it's funny, isn't it funny, Russ, that um, yeah. he, in that post match interview on Tuesday, Wednesday night, he didn't say, he said, "I'm not going to apologize to the fans." And I thought, no, as a as a coach, you have to because Bournemouth to Norwich is a fair track. Yeah, it really is. And for you, for the hundreds of fans that went up there to see that, and they did six, it could have been 10, could have been 12. They were massacred. Yes, you should in a way say, you know, I apologize. That performance is not good enough. I apologize to the traveling fans that sung their hearts out for 90 minutes and had to watch that rubbish. And he didn't. He said, oh, no, he, the great he, he never did it here either, Giannis. You know, and, and again, I was willing to give Parker time to become – as good as he could be with Fulham, I gave him credit when he deserved. But you've heard it on the show. I'm going to say it again. 
I have respect for managers that will come out and say, you know what? I apologize. I was wrong. Maybe I made mistakes. Our team should have done better. I, I'm the manager. I'm apologizing to the fans. It's not such a terrible, it doesn't show any weakness by doing that. Parker never did that here. And I wish he did. And honestly, I would have really respected if he did. And he should have did that after that match, but he didn't. Giannis, he did. Yeah, he absolutely did not. Yeah, Bournemouth. Bournemouth. I mean, Bournemouth had a lot of kids out, but they were uh, they had players like Marconda starting. I mean, there's another laugher, but um, six yep. nothing. It was a, it was an absolute thrashing, yep. and uh, either won a, either gained a lot of social capital. Um, if yep. he'd said, you know what, that was that was unacceptable. That was exactly right. Um, there were fans going, well, are we going to get our money back for the coach travel? Like a five hour journey across. Wow. Um, no, I'd, I'd have been very, um, we've all been on those trips where you go, oh God, that was terrible. But then you've got managers say, well, that was, a, that really sucked. And right. I got to apologize to the fans who did, it gave us everything. As for the game tomorrow, um, I, I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to say clean sheet. I think we're going to beat them, um, two nothing. Okay. I think it's going to be a good game. I don't think it's going to be easy. I, I just, I, I just think that, um, we're, we're, we're buoyant at the moment and hopefully we're going to the international break and. You know, rest some weary legs. Although we know Mitro is going to play three games in a week for Serbia. That's right. So if he doesn't, can you? Hey, can you imagine huh, what happens if he gets injured? Well, let's not let's not let's not go there, my friend. Let's not. I don't even want to think about it before I give my prediction. Two nothing. Two nothing. Okay, two nothing for you. I'll give mine in one second. I'm going to share some predictions from the foam supporters here on our live stream. Ralph Leach says two to one to foam. Both goals from Mitro. I like it. Dominic says 1-0 to Fulham. John Farrell. 3-0 Mitro's first goal. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Three to one. Okay. Okay. Let's say three to one. All right. Let's see. What else we got? Let's see. We got Benjamin five to one. Benjamin, I'll I'll come see you in Spain someday if if, if that's the score line because that, that's great stuff. Okay. Toby Jones says uh, three nil win comfortable. I listen. I really hope so. Let's see what else we got here. Our friend Stina, Stina, thank you so much for being such a su- supporter of this show and of course of Fulham. You went on Twitter and said that, so I want to thank you for all your kind words. Stoke will be a challenge, but I hope we will win two to one. Let's see what else we got here. We got a bunch of comments. Let's see. Reese Williams says three nil to Fulham. Mitro Carvalho and Wilson to score. Almost forgot about Harry Wilson. How can you forget about Harry, Harry, Wilson? Harry Wilson? Jeez. Well, Denny okay. Odois. Denny Odois. Okay. We're going to end with my prediction, and I'm going to do a prediction I do a lot. Three to one to full. I'm going. I'm saying that Gazaniga is going to give up a goal. Sorry, I, I have to do no. that. I know, I know, Yes, I know, I know you want the clean sheet, but I'm going to say three to one to full, and I'm going to go with a Mitro hat trick. Yes, I'm, Mitro's on fire. He just signed a new deal. Mitro Hattrick. That's what I'm going with. Okay. My friend, great show. Fantastic show. Thank you so much for being back here with me. I do have some announcements, and Giannis is going to be part of this. Next Thursday, 8 p.m. UK time, 10-year anniversary show of Cottage Talk. We just had our 10-year anniversary of Cottage Talk. Well, we're going to do a show. I'm bringing back some co-hosts that have not been on the show for a long time. They're going to join us. Giannis is smiling because he knows who one of them is, and it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm going to try to get some special guests. Hopefully, I can get a guest or two. 
But this is just going to be a fun show, just looking back at 10 years of Cottage Talk. I look forward to that. So I cannot wait to do that. I also want to mention, just because of a scheduling issue on my part, unfortunately, we will not have a full-time show. My schedule just will not allow that. But we will have another post-match show of this Stoke City match. And, of course, we've got our huge, huge 10-year anniversary show. We've got a lot coming up soon to share with everyone. So uh, please be with us next week. And uh, please do join us live for this show because I have no idea what's going to happen on this 10-year anniversary show. Giannis knows what I mean by that because one of the hosts coming back, it's been a long time, and uh, it should be fun. He's all excited about this, and he cannot wait for the banter with me. That's all I'm going to share. If you've listened a long time, you might know who this person is. I'll leave it as a surprise. Anyways, well, that's going to do it for this episode of Cutters Talk. For my very good friend, Yana Shanaeus, I'm Russ Goldman. Thank you as always for watching and listening to Cottage Talk. It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit UH1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. Talk sport. Powered by fans.